Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Judith from Stair Cycles, and you're listening to the Wheel Suckers podcast. Today, we're talking to Judith about wheel building, gravel bikes, and the Stair Cycles head of HR, Nola the Nose Beast. This show is brought to you by our third wheels. Want to support Jenny and Alex? Become a third wheel supporter and help us make episodes in 2021. Give us a saddle push with a one off donation, or become a three pound a month stabilizer, or a five pound a month third wheel. Visit wheelsuckerspodcast.com for details. Hi, I'm Alex. I'm an ex-cycling industry social media maven, full-time creative goof now, and I own one and a half bikes. (laughs) 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 Therefore a cyclist. And I'm joined by my stoker. Jenny's stoked to be back. I'm the director of the London Bike Kitchen, author of How to Build a Bike, and co-founder of the Women of Colour Cycling Group. We've got a guest today. We have a guest. Our first guest of 2021. First guest of like us being away for almost a year. Shh. No, we never went away. Shh. <laughs> we were never gone. So, it's just a blip. <laughs> guest, would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, hi, I'm Judith. I'm director and wheel builder of uh, one of the directors and one of the wheel builders now of Stair Cycles. So... Our first question is, what would the Steyr Wikipedia article say? Steyr Wikipedia article. So the short version would probably be um, they were, Steyr Cycles was uh, naively founded in 2015. Um, They make hand-build bicycle frames and wheels from their cute little workshop in East London, in Leightonstone. Current employees, five to six-ish. It was started by it was started by you and your partner Sam, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And you divide yep. the labor up. Sam's the frame builder, and yeah, so Sam Sam's frame builder. Um, and it well, it used to be yeah. So it started with just us. I'm a wheel builder, and Sam's a frame builder. Um, yeah, that's it. We live and work together, so we try to keep our things a little bit separate, but uh, which yeah, is healthier. That's tough. <laughs> that's really tough. Sam's always specifically made a point of not learning anything about wheels, so you literally can't ask him anything That's good. about wheels. That's, That's yeah. wonderful. <laughs> That's clever. In a way. <laughs> clever by not being clever. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, no, that was really sweet. He's I like, you know what? That's your thing. That is your thing. I'm not going to tell you how to do that. And vice versa, I'm guessing. Like, you're yeah, not doing yeah, any yeah. wheel... I mean, frame building. No, my God, frame building, no. It's too complicated. No. Oh, like, nope. wheel building's not... <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it's a lot less complicated than frame building. That's what, yeah, definitely. it can be. 
So where did the name come from? Because it's very strange. Um, there's not a really an exciting story there. Not really. Um, we was just kind of not knowing what to name it for a long time. Um, because initially we kind of thought we were going to, well, focus on the frame building. Um, and most frame builders name that after themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sam's name is Sam Taylor. Um, but he really, really didn't want to name it after himself. So we were just trying to figure out stuff for a long time, like names with bears in it or whatever. Just, I don't know. It's really hard to name something. It took us forever. (laughs) But then, um, I don't know, the word stayer, I don't really know. And then we realized that there was stayer cycling, uh, which is like, uh, like journey cycling, like, um, motorbike track cycling Mm -hmm. that doesn't really, well, it might still exist actually. Um, stayer racing. I think they still do yeah. it at Velodrome, right? Like where it's where you hill. cycle behind a. Yeah, yeah, so they do journey journey racing, I guess, which which is like I think it's just the more modern version of it, but it's not with a specific bike. Whereas tra- stayer cycling or stayer track racing is like a very with a specific stayer bike, which kind of touches the front of the, it touches the back of the motorbike which has a, a little wheel attached to it on the back. <laughs> so you kind of ride up against the motorbike that you're riding with. And I think the front wheel is smaller. Oh, I've, I've kind of forgotten exactly what it is. But yeah, anyway, and then it, it just felt it just felt like, I don't know, it just felt like a good name when we came up with it. Um, yeah, happy with it. Stuck with that. I like that word. I'm used to it. And then I'll go into actually, I still think about and loved the beer bike that you made <laughs> and showcased at Bespoke. Um, it's a good bike. I think it was just fun to see a cargo bike with a keg on it and then yeah. the like little beer pump. <laughs> yeah. Do you yeah, still have a, it? We've got a carcass of the cargo bike. Um, and then the thing is it never, uh, full disclosure, we, we didn't, the, the, so it was a cable, a cable steering cargo bike and the cables that we used weren't strong enough for when the cargo bike was fully loaded and we just never got round we know which cables to get and which ones to rebuild it with and it'll work i think but we haven't done it yet so now it's just been hanging up ah we just like just always so overworked I'm sure you both know what it's like. And you just like, I don't know. And now it's just been hanging up at the top of the workshop for how long has it been? It's like a rainy day job, isn't it? Years? Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. So, yeah, the beer keg we we hired from the, the keg in like the system. We hired from uh, Clapton Craft, oh. which is a little like a yeah. brewery shop thing in, well, yeah. Around. Yeah, around Clapton. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so we don't have the beer thing but that was it was fun because it was like a it was a way to i don't know get people over <laughs> yeah just <laughs> it was our first around, time there <laughs> yeah you go fun. around the bike show and like there's all these like slightly intimidating bikes at bespoke frame builders festival in bristol if you're not aware but you walk around and like sometimes yeah there isn't a reason to talk to somebody or you're like oh nice paint job and they go mm-hmm and then you're just like, but yeah. like, hey, would you like, would you like, like a little bit of free beer? And you're like, from the bike, <laughs> the bike's gonna pour the beer for you. You're like, hell yeah! It was a really good like bike beer icebreaker. Mm. Yay! 
it's good yeah no exactly that's what it was we just spent the entire time chatting it was also really nice because it was a way for us to meet uh all of the other people showing there because like yeah it was literally our first our first time there it's like the only for our kind of niche it's like the only bike show in the country really that's for us and um yeah it was just nice to have a an excuse to meet because like you know everybody gets i'm a bit intimidated by most people so like and you know other people who are, have been in the industry a lot longer than you it's nice to have an icebreaker with them as well so it's a nice excuse to meet other people yeah i thought that was great and <laughs> i guess i want to go on to ask like what other weird and wonderful bikes have you made um um we made there's a couple in the pipeline at the moment that are quite fun actually um but one that we've made uh we've made a Eurostar hack bike what uh which is now <laughs> tell me more but yeah what wait i'll pack that for me <laughs> Which is totally like unusable in the world of no travel, um, but we ah. and it's it's an absurd bike. So it's uh, firstly it's absurd because it's Sam's size and Sam's quite tall. So and he has got really long legs. So I, I mean, like the the saddle comes up to like yeah, probably I don't know, just my chest Head or height. something. It's just <laughs> massive, <laughs> um, and it's this like rigid mountain bike thing with like a steel fork and twenty niners big ass tire so it's a massive bike but he's made it so that the frame comes apart at the at the top of the seat stays and at the bottom brackets at the yoke um so like the rear triangle comes apart exactly so the rear triangle comes apart and then i made these two bags out of i forget what it's called it's like the tent material it's like a really lightweight um, and it folds up really, really mini. So I made these two ba- bags with straps, and he took the bike to Denmark to see our friend there. And he could just, yeah, he could just literally fold this entire massive bike into these two very large bags, but the bags then fold up mini, and then just like walked onto the Eurostar with it. Nice. Um, oh, and then took the so train cool. to Denmark. Nice. It's like a I mean, it's ridiculous. So heavy. <laughs> but but yeah yeah Yeah, but it saves you i forgot how much it is but if you want to like each way it's like 25 pounds yeah you have to reserve it yeah they don't pack it it down if you don't get one of the two free spots for ready-built bikes like you have to get it packed down into boxes and i think they have the boxes there but still bike boxes are one of those things that everyone assumes someone's got (laughs) and no one has them Is that what's happened to you? Is that what's happened to uh, you? I just, yeah, look, mum, when people are like, have you got, oh, can we just borrow a bike box? It's like, I'm going to stop you there. You can't borrow one because we don't have one. Oh, you mean like a cardboard one? Yeah. Cardboard and plastic. Yeah. yeah. Like, people yeah. just think they're like magical things that exist. Yeah, people ask us all the time as well. Yeah. The funny thing is when, when I was in Munich, um, I had to get a, a cardboard box to pack my bike back up to get back to London. And I went to six different bike shops. And oh. just was so lucky that the uh, obviously the last one had one. Yeah, he's uh, got like a bike to, showroom. Yeah. I had to ride across town with this giant bike box, and it was so not safe. It was like a wow. sale. <laughs> yeah, a quick way to get a bike shop to hate you is to ask for a bike box. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. maybe not even to say hi first. <laughs> I mean, obviously, go to a bike shop that sells bikes. They yeah, will that's, have that's, 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 that's a good step start. one, I think. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, so that bike's quite fun. And um, 
we're doing well we've got another cargo bike idea like it's not that wacky but we're just doing we're gonna do another little like um, a small cargo bike like a like a with a small front wheel that's the yeah. plan for this coming year nice uh, sam also wanted that one to be foldable but since oh god because he but i i don't i don't think that's gonna happen it can't be everything i don't think <laughs> now that we don't travel anymore the priorities of like things that pack up into carryable items suddenly that's disappeared from yeah for now i think it will still yeah. come back no mm. i know but like when you're when you're thinking about fantasy bikes all of a sudden mm. that doesn't come into your mind anymore uh, and then our friend is working with us on a like a a little um this is gonna be ridiculous a little balance bike with they're gonna get they're gonna get the wheels like injection molded with recycled plastic so it's not gonna, i'm not gonna involve any wheel making it's just gonna be these solid little recycled plastic wheels oh, a massive great. seat cool. So Ridic- cool it's yeah and ridiculous but yeah quite fun <laughs> and then that the next grodinger model is gonna be like a, a mix and match wheel size the omg like a big tire mix and match so that you can do like a 27.5 on the front and a 29 on the rear or the other way around oh yeah, wow it should be fun so this is this is your foray <laughs> into gravel yeah the grodinger yes so the grodingers are the as the name suggests obviously the gravel bikes yeah <laughs> I'm go- I'm so- yeah. Is it like a cross between like Schrodinger's cat and gravel? Uh, so yeah, the Schrodinger thing is a thing. Yes, <laughs> I don't remember how it relates. Oh, it's that but the it- gravel doesn't exist outside unless you go outside. Da-dum-tsh. No, <laughs> is that is that the cat thing? The, the so cat- the Schrodinger's cat is yeah. The cat doesn't. Well, does the cat exist? in the box but the only way you can check is by looking in the box and if you look in the box the cat dies <gasps> oh i thought oh it was it's just a paradox because you cannot know if the cat's in there so with before you check it it's like the box contains the cat but it also does not contain the cat yeah so you can never really check yeah if the cat's you'll never there know or not so you'll never know if the gravel's there unless i think that's it <laughs> <laughs> because because a gravel bike in itself is like an aspiration. Like it doesn't actually mean anything. True. And you don't know what it it's going to be until you're no, there. It yeah. It can exist without gravel, but classics exactly. you don't always know yes. where gravel's going to be. Especially if you plan something <laughs> and then it's not there. <laughs> right? Like... Still trying to fit in which bit is the cat. So you're saying yes. that the gravel itself is the cat. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The gravel both exists and does not exist. Yes. And that's okay. That is the universe, yeah. apparently. I don't know. Um, yeah. But like, can you explain a bit more about this trend? Because I feel like that's the new. Everyone's like, "Ooh, a gravel bike!" But what's yeah, and a I guess for people bike? who don't know what a gravel bike yeah. is, yeah. I guess, I guess, it, yeah, it is like it's like a a, a do it all off the beaten path adventure bike. Without, so it's not like it's not. Well, it's obviously not a, not a road bike. It's a lot more fun than a cyclocross bike, which is uh, which is restricted by its how would you say by what is UCI legal. So like, there's a tire max, which is thirty three C for a cyclocross. And actually, like, it's a like that's what the sports is about. It's like a road bike off road. <laughs> so yeah. so um, yeah, it's, it's, so it's in between a cyclocross bike and a mountain bike, and it just means you can. Yeah, it's just an enabler of fun and adventure, isn't it? You should call um, it the enabler. <laughs> yeah, the enabler sounds. Good. <laughs> 
but yeah, it's 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 it's, it's just for fu- it's just for fun. Yeah, it is like for adventuring and for fun off road, and literally like it can do anything because its tires are big, so it can do mud and it can do pretty, pretty like pretty off roady stuff. But it's mostly for not for being off road, but not totally you know mountaineering uh, mm. or downhilling. So what's the what's the comparison with a mountain bike then? Because I imagine some people are yeah, aware so, like I mean, a mountain bike is an off road bike. Exactly. So but. it's like a, a a mountain bike is like is is but is also not fun. A mountain bike's not fun to ride on the road, and is not so much fun to ride on uh, like gravel paths because it's quite cumbersome and well, it's generally bigger. But I mean, you can't. I mean, basically, in a way, it is what it was an old school, very similar to what was an old school fully rigid mountain bike. Um, but this, I guess, is a bit more of an everything bike, and it is fun and comfortable to ride on the road. Maybe if you have absolutely massive knobbly tires, then less so. But still, actually, it's still it's still made to be comfortable on almost all that. Well, a lot of terrains. Yeah, I guess that's it. And is the issue is the issue with gravel bikes? They're not really. They can only be custom made. Currently, are people selling like off the shelf gravel bikes? Yeah, they are. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. All the big companies are like mm. are, like. Canyon it's way more fun and... to get custom. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you that's the dream. <laughs> that's the dream. <laughs> yeah, so we're and we're trying to do like um, we've got yeah, so we've got kind of off the peg sizes of frames, not of uh, well, we were gonna try to do a couple of like bike build options, um, but still we still offer because most people you know like it's 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 like you know you could be one of the sizes that we offer, but it could also be that it would be better if it was shorter or longer or taller or. You know, or yeah, sort of vertically, or or uh, what's the other word? <laughs> Laterally. Um, yeah, it just it just, you can fall in between the sizes basically, um, and so we still do custom options, but we are trying to offer some off the peg stuff because you can't you don't need custom necessarily. A lot of people don't, um, but some people do. Yeah, but either way, it is a custom bike. Maybe it's not a custom frame if if the right frame size fits you perfectly, but you can still. It's nice to put a bike together in the way that works for you. Um, also, like what you're gonna do with it, like our frames, like some of them you can get it, you can get them without. We can get them with three pairs of, three pairs of bottle bosses, or just with one, because some people are gonna go for. I don't know. Some, like for example, if you sell something to a to a to a hot country or to a hot area in the world, they're going to want three bottle, three pairs of bottle bosses because they're going to have to carry a lot of water. If they're here, they might not. And if they only do it for short little like uh, jaunts around the forest here around London, then you don't need so much water. You just really don't. Um, or if you want to be able to m- mount mud guards or uh, or a rack or whatever, then we can still customize that because we only paint them afterwards so we can still make little adjustments even if you have a even if you have a set size so yeah it's always going to be custom to a degree that's the joy of bikes i think is they always have that kind of pick and yeah mix (laughs) are you are you getting any like weird requests now like with these new new things happening with bikes or you know what what strange requests have you gotten what do you mean with new things happening with bikes? Like, <laughs> I was just what's like, the new thing? What's the hot new thing in bikes? There's always a new trend, right? Like everyone's all six fifty bs now, or oh, like right. I want you know tubeless, or 
you know, has anyone requested strange, weird things? I don't has know. I'm not a frame builder. A Swift bike. <laughs> No. A turbo bike's the new no. trend. No, God, I've not no. heard any of that. No, <laughs> no, don't talk about that, Alex. No, <laughs> no I know. I'm just, I'm just being, just being devil's advocate. Uh, no, I don't, I don't, I don't feel. I feel like we've got less odd requests now, because like, because now we're trying to do a bit more. We're trying to, yeah, we're trying to make the things. We're, we're trying to do with the frames. We're not. We're trying to keep away from doing custom only. But we're trying to make things we want to make, sort of, you know. It's very different. So when you when we used to kind of only do custom a few years ago, then you get all kinds of requests, I suppose. So now you're making the decision. But once you have you're a like, thing no. that you're kind of like, once you show people what you're about, then you get less strange requests, I suppose. Mm. Yeah. Um, or you get less. Yeah, you get less. Yeah, people come to you because of the things that you are. They know that you make. I don't know. That makes sense? Yeah, that makes sense. It's like yeah. choosing a tattoo artist. Like, you find the artist that you like their style, and then you have to just trust them with what they're going to make. Yeah. You don't tell them but... how to do it. <laughs> yeah, but you don't go and ask someone who, yeah, tattoos, like, frogs to tattoo something completely different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You want exactly. it to fit within the style that they do and knowing what they're capable of. Yeah. That's what I love about Bespoke, is you see everybody's, like, kind of styles. You get to have a little taster of like what people like to make or can make. It's interesting. Yeah, and there are people who only make really wacky stuff, and they are gonna get the customers that ask for really wacky stuff. Um, True. Yeah. Whereas we get that less. There was a guy up bespoke who did ask us whether we could make a six-person tandem, and it was just like, no, I don't think we physically can. I don't think we have the space. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> six-person tandem. Wow. Yeah, he already had one for three people or for four. Pe- like he had, he had a few for many, many people. I love that. I have unusual tastes. I collect <laughs> tandems. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, so, Leightonstone represent because we are Leightonstone crew. Anybody who's listening yeah. from Leightonstone, you are also amazing. If you aren't from <laughs> Leightonstone, you are also amazing. <laughs> You're next to Perky Blinders. Do you have blenders. like a regular Perky? Is it? How do you say it? It's not Perky Blinders, is it? It's Perky Blenders. <laughs> the perky coffee blenders. people. Perky Blinders <laughs> is a TV show, isn't it? Exactly. <laughs> I didn't even catch that. Yeah. You should ask per- them where they got their name from. Yeah. <laughs> the question was, how do you have your coffee? I I have it black. black. Yeah. Yes. Same. 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 Nothing special. Black filtered. Yeah. Have you got Sorry. into like <laughs> making your own coffee, or do you go and get them to make it for you? <laughs> no, we don't have. We have the. We have the. Um. Oh, the grindery. <laughs> God, there's a real name for this. Um. It's not a coffee shop that we have next to us. It's their oh, roastery, not grindery yes. roastery. Yeah. So we don't. Yeah, we can't actually roastery. get coffee, but we do. They do. We do have a subscription with them, and they walk across the courtyard and come and give us our little subscription bag every oh, week or nice. two. That's so yeah. cute. I think we should talk a bit more about you, Judith. I want to know about your wheel building history. How did you get into it? Well. So we started in, I guess it starts from, from us getting into bikes in general. We, um, so Sam and I met um, at 
university doing a um, fine art degree and um we I don't know I've I've I always want it's one of those like child fantasies of wanting to learn how to be a bike mechanic I don't I don't really know I think it probably comes from because I remember like I remember pretending when I was a kid and it was I think it's to do with like always like I'm Belgian and we always had always had the tour on the tv or whatever all the races or the cyclocross everything was always on tv so you just I guess that's why it got into my head um yeah and I just thought I, I brought back a bike for Sam once and then we thought we'd spend one of the summer like the summer holidays just like a few months when you're at uni uh learning how to do up bikes and go yeah so we spent the summer in Belgium like yeah finding finding vintage bikes on like the Gumtree or like yeah secondhand shop secondhand website and learn how to do them up um weirdly one thing led to another really quickly um and it's it's really odd fortuitous maybe very odd situation that we really quickly got somebody a friend of my brother's who had a, a shop they bought a bought a shop on Bethnal Green Road uh, just by Brick Lane, and they and he was just like, "Oh, we're going to renovate this, but we're waiting for planning permission." I've got a friend who does bikes, and you guys do bikes. Um, do you guys together want to do a little bike shop? Um, what was it called? Isambard Cycles. Oh, yeah, yeah. So we did that with Tim, um, and we kind of it was mostly him doing it at first because we were still studying. We just kind of supplied bikes. <laughs> and then when we finished, we were like, oh, well, we don't. I mean, we studied art. We obviously didn't have anything to do next. So, um, uh, Same, I studied art. I feel you. <laughs> hey, it gives that, you a that, good foundation. Okay. Come on. True, true. No, Come yeah, on. It, no, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's also a reason that, that people who do art school are often end up having their own kind of businesses, I think. It's, mm. it's a similar type of thing. I don't know. Um, I don't want to go into that. But yeah, so it's vintage bikes, basically. That's what we were doing. And we were, we, yeah, we were doing up really nice vintage bikes. And, and I got into wheel building because vintage bikes, like good racing bikes, they um, the frames are really well made a lot of the time. Like the, the ones that survive are ones that were made for professional racing. And they're good quality things. But of course, the, all the components around the frame, they deteriorate a lot of the time, especially wheels. I mean, they're what you break when you crash and they corrode over or time. Or they're made of so, steel. Or they're made of steel, <laughs> yeah. All kinds of things. So you, um, so uh, we, did, we started doing custom steel builds mostly. Wow. That was kind of our main thing. And a lot of people wanted... Uh, wheels and you couldn't really get classic looking wheels but you could still get good quality classic hubs sometimes or classic looking hubs and or like new old stock rims and so yeah just I don't know so yeah like I started learning how to build wheels and I got really really obsessed with it I'm quite um I'm quite um I throw myself into things very fully I find it very yeah it's very meditative I'm, I'm yeah, and I, I, really, I learned everything I could learn. I, I, tried, I Googled everything. I read everything. I got every book. I, um, Yeah, and I really threw myself into it, and it just kind of, yeah, went from there. Yeah, I liked it. thought it was fun. It's nice to be, to focus on one yeah. thing. Because actually, I'm, I'm really not a good, I never got into being a bike mechanic. 
apart from Wales, because it's They're so two separate incredibly broad. Yeah. For me, it's not my, like, I feel like no matter, I have a lot of respect for good bike mechanics because I think it's, um, especially, you know, bike shop mechanics, because, uh, because there's not one bike. <laughs> like, there are so many types of components of every kind um, and gear systems and I just think that there's so, so much to learn and you have to know that you don't know it and you have to spend a lot of time looking stuff up. Mm-hmm. You know, a good work mechanic is somebody that knows that they don't know. Yeah, <laughs> and they think. know where to look. Yeah, they know you where know. to look and they, they, they can kind of, um, yeah, feel their way through with every case. I mean, of course, you you build on experience, but um, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Proper bike mechanics was never really my thing. <laughs> That's somehow fair. I never had the patience for that, so. <laughs> but I do for the wheel building somehow. I don't know. No, I yeah. was. I remember talking to Joe. So Joe used to teach wheel building at LBK, and she said, "Like I'm at the point in my life where I need to decide if I go into specializing in wheel building or stay huh. as a mechanic." And I think she's chosen the mechanic path because she's working yeah. at Clever Mics right now. Yeah, but um, I guess. Because uh, you were also teaching at LBK just yes. before the pandemic hit. Yeah. Um. How did you find teaching in comparison to just building? Um. Uh, I re- I really like teaching. Um. It's very different to building because you're not. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's just it's quite a different thing. But it's um, I really liked it. It's so interesting to see because I don't I don't I don't obviously I don't remember how fast I picked it up. I had nothing to compare it to. But when I compare all the different people you teach, it's just so interesting how people are naturally capable of certain things. So there's kind of like two bits to wheel building that most of the time people are good at one and not so good at the other. Mm. Sometimes you get somebody who's really not very good at either or who's very, very good at both, of course. But it's kind of two different sides of the brain. So the first one is the lacing, which is kind of the the understanding how this mechanically how this mathematically fits together sort of so it's like the measuring and uh the steps to get the spoke lengths correct mm-hmm. uh, so yeah to measure everything um and then the lacing which is yeah putting it together uh putting all the spokes in place after you've measured and that that whole bit some people yeah and then the, the and then That's that whole like bit spatial, is kind of one bit yeah spatial yeah. intelligence isn't it like understanding yeah, just kind of rationally and... understanding how something works. Yeah. Whereas the next bit is very intuitive. Like mm. you still have to understand, okay, if I tighten, then it goes to the right or it goes to the left or mm-hmm. if I, you know, it's, but that's more intuitive, all about balance and, and, and just feeling your way through it and kind of, that's what, that's what you, people describe as the meditative bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're two very different things. And it was just, I, I really liked the teaching. I thought it was really, really nice um, um, to see how differently people yeah understand things and also it's really nice to be asked lots of questions because a lot of the time you get asked questions that you never thought of before <laughs> and then, or, you just think oh yeah I've just been, te- been I taught myself and I've just been wheel building by myself for the past so many years and um you know I've now got to remember what a trailing and a leading spoke is and yeah. <laughs> like all these things and you just don't um yeah it's it's really good it's very um yeah it was it's good for my own wheel building as well I think but yeah, yeah, enjoyed it. It's fun. It's nice to it's nice it's nice to teach anyway because it was always nice people. It was always like a small group with you guys at LBK, so it was like what three people, four people, something like that. Uh, and they're all, they've all come there because they're interested. <laughs> um, 
yeah and all, all from different totally different reasons like um it wasn't really a set demographic which is i kind of expected it to be more of like a particular like one demographic or something but it wasn't the case at all it's nice yeah it was a good mix so we need to know why should someone get a hand-built wheel um but will or 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 a wheel built for you mm. which are kind of two some well uh hand built so actually i think most wheels are hand built um there are machines that do most of the work maybe there are machines that do all the work but i think most wheels are factory line hand built which isn't what we think of when you say hand built <laughs> so it's not really what you guys mean um <laughs> But it, mm. yeah, but but they are. But actually, they probably are hand built a lot of the time. Um, well, they're but hand they... finished, aren't they? They're yeah, like a machine. Or... I've, I've yes, seen exactly. the ones at um, Santa Cruz where the person has to lay, uh, put in the spokes, right? But then it gets and then the put into the machine. The, the machine tensioning. does the the wow. tensioning. Well, if you can get a really good machine, I'm sure that it can be good. But I've seen some wheels built by the supposed top-of-the-line wheel-building machines. And and I thought, oh, wow, that would be amazing. But the wheels are really not good. So I'm I'm sure it's possible in the future, but um, to have a good quality built wheel. Uh, But but the the sad thing is that with... um, that with big bike brands that the wheels is where they cost cut mm. um mm-hmm. uh, because because they often brand it their own kind of brand or they're a different brand like most most bike brands have wheel brands within them um whereas all the other components that they use you can google them separately like yeah. they'll use shimano or the yeah. use shram um whereas with the wheels um if, if so if you if you're looking at the a more expensive bike, what they try to do with the wheels is they try to make them as lightweight as possible, but still cost cut because that's what that's what these companies are about and they can do yeah. that with wheels. So um and when you get a light wheel set, you either have it has to be really expensive for it to be good. If it's not really expensive and it's really light, that means you're not gonna have bearing seals, you're not gonna have enough material or yeah, you're not gonna have um, grease. <laughs> I don't or know. A straight you're gonna wheel. be missing, or you're not gonna have like a strong enough hub hub body material. Um, yeah, so that for weight, right? And then and then and then cost cutting in terms of quality. That's just yeah. You're not gonna have um, the thing is with hand built, uh, as in hand built in the sense of what you're asking, like hand built by somebody that really puts attention into it. Is that you have um, yeah, straight and a round wheel. Straight is usually the case because it's the easiest thing to see. Uh, round is something that, as a consumer, you're not going to see, but it's going to make a difference to your riding. Imagine the imagine you know the less round your wheels your wheel gets, the less fast you're going to go. Like right? I mean, no, I don't know how much yeah, no down. square wheels. <laughs> An no, egg-shaped like wheel, wheel, I guess. No, yeah, yeah, exactly. But like, think about that in in like in a like in in small degrees, right? You can get, you know, making the wheel round is gonna is is, is really important, <laughs> and it's really easy to make it not round. Um, as in, because yeah, the te- the how much how much tension you put on your spokes, um, affects that a lot. And then and then the the last thing that you can definitely not see as a customer. Um, is how evenly tensioned and whether your tension, your spokes are at the right tension. 
but mostly the problem would be evenly tensioned. That's where you see. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The most problems and the problem with it is that you get um like honestly that that is that is i i I haven't come across a single big brand wheel that is evenly tensioned you just it's every single time i i'd really like to be proven wrong but that's why they also don't last so long is because Mm. you get some wheels that are taking up all of the slack some spokes that are taking up all of the slack and other spokes that are then going to wiggle loose because they Mm -hmm. don't have any they're not doing anything um and then they start to break yeah, and then and then the other thing about having so a wheel set for you um is that like if if it's not for you, for first need just for your weight, like imagine if you buy a bike you buy a bike a person who buys a model bike who's uh hundred and twenty kilos and the same model is bought by somebody who's sixty kilos, they're gonna have exactly the same wheels on them. Like exactly the same. So they often maybe with a 16 spoke front and like a 20 rear or something if it's a race bike and for a 120 kilo person it's just not the right thing so um yeah it's just it's where they make it, i mean it's good for, it's good for it's sad that, that that big companies do that so much but it's i guess it's good for people in my line of work i suppose um but it's one of yeah. the easiest ways you can like upgrade your bike right because yeah and you it makes such a make difference, a difference. It makes such a difference. I mean, they're the rolling, moving bit, and they're together with tires. They're your contact point. Wheels make such a difference in how your bike feels, um, and they have to do so much work. <laughs> they, you know, they have to be, uh, they have to absorb vibration and impact. You don't want them to be massively rigid things. Um, they'll be responsive and comfortable, but still be, you know, accelerate fast and stuff. And then you also want it to be built for you because you're going to do different things like, you know, like gravel, for example. Some some people go bikepacking on their gravel bike and that's what they do. And some people um, some people just like to go faster on the forest and have a carb, super lightweight carbon frame. You know, it's very different. Or they like, you know, you have narrow tires or big tires. Or What are your favorite wheels to build? Oh, um, 
What's your dream wheel set? Um, the pro- the process is always kind of the same. Um, what you don't have like a dream, like favorite spokes? Oh right, yeah. I've got I've got. I mean, the spokes that we use, which are just the best ones, so Sapim CX rays, are super nice. They're also yeah, really nice to build those. with because they're bladed, and it means it actually means that when you use a bladed spoke holder, that it's like it's a very you can be so precise with it because you can hold the you spoke in see. place. Yeah, yeah. Whereas like if you use a round spoke, then the spoke twists. You yeah. can feel it with your fingers that it's twisting, but it means you're kind of a little bit less precise with it. Uh, but I quite like, I like building wheels, not for, not, I, 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 there's no difference between the process for different, different types of wheels, but I do really like building wheels that I know are going to have, uh, are going to go on adventure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really like that. I really like it when I know what somebody's like, uh, adventurous plans are, you know, if somebody's going to go and, you know, uh, across a continent or going to go on a massive bikepacking trip or, um, yeah, I like that. I think that's really nice. And I also like it because then you can dot, dot watch if they do one of the big races yeah. where you, where they have a dot that you can watch. It's You're like, nice. my wheels are on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like, I, I like, I like it. I like building them for, yeah, for knowing what they're going to, for knowing what they're going to be doing. More cool. than more than the process difference. There's no real, yeah. You don't discriminate. No, I mean it's all pretty similar. <laughs> I mean, if somebody gives me a um, like, okay, if somebody gives me a secondhand rim to build with an aluminium secondhand rim, I'm not going to enjoy it so much because it means that I'm not gonna, like you just ah, oh, I don't know, it, it's not going to be straight. So it, yeah, it, yeah, you can't be as perfect about it. You have to then find this middle ground between tension and and between even tension and it being round and off, oh, well, mm. it's fine. It's fine. It takes a bit longer, but it's fine. Yeah. How has COVID affected your business? Um. So we we were so it's been Sam and I until just us, and my mum does a bit of bookkeeping, and Nola is the head of HR, our dog. Um. But it's been us <laughs> and just us until like uh march <laughs> and then at the beginning of march or the end of february we interviewed um uh holly and Aoife, uh for helping us we didn't really know we just put a weird advert out um just asking for somebody who knew a bit about photo machine and computer boxes um who would be interested in helping us figure stuff out and they yeah so we we kind of had an interview with them before we knew what was happening and we gave them all both a couple of days each um and then yeah when they were supposed to start it was lockdown and then um we kind of yeah so we started remotely with them um which was interesting and then we yeah we we immediately got like we got issues being able to get stuff in so all of a sudden our supply uh, our supply dried up so that was a bit scary um we applied for um the grant the kind of relief grant um which in the end, we've used to give our employees like more days, basically, and and also um, we've hired Ev, another so somebody else for wheel building, um, Jenny's partner. Um, <laughs> I was like, who? No, <laughs> who? <laughs> we don't. Um, we don't know him. No. <laughs> and now, um, yeah, and 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 so actually, I mean, we've had we especially on the wheels. We we rely a lot on the racing season. So we didn't have a cyclocross season this year. We didn't have a road season this year, road crit. Uh, 
we didn't yeah or or track i mean we didn't have any of the racing so um for us that definitely had an impact um and it's been tough but actually our supply kind of picked back up and okay now there's a different situation happening right now which is that components are going to dry up it looks like um because of brexit like, no bike have you not so uh it looks like shimano and shram are there the su- supply from them is going to dry up um this year by quite a bit because they've just basically we've just over the whole cycling industry is kind of overextended in the last year that's the impression we're getting so we can't get hold of anything we we've just started wanting to provide like full bike builds and we've had to we've had to change that again and we're hoping that we're not going to lose frame customers because they we're hoping that it won't be too bad we'll see but but i think for a bad for a bad situation i think it's um we've managed to i don't know we've managed to refocus it's been nice to have some like time it was interesting getting that grant and then putting it into paying people means that actually we've yeah yeah it's been tough but actually it's 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 not been bad it's definitely not been as bad as it like as it has been for a lot of people and for a lot of businesses and i think because we're small we are able to make those changes um so like yeah when you can't suddenly get hold of hubs from this brand or you know, or tubing or whatever, then all then you can change it because we're small and we do very, you know, we build everything to order basically. So it's nice to be able to kind of be versatile like that. Um, yeah. So it's kind of, I don't know. It's, I'm, I'm, I'm really, really happy with where we are at the moment. I'm sure we would have been way further along uh, with the things we've been wanting to do if it hadn't happened. Um but we're all right. We've survived survived it so far, <laughs> uh, and we and uh, now you know since 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 when it started, we now have like a a team of people that we work with daily, and it's absolutely amazing. It's so so nice <laughs> to have people working with us. Absolutely love it. It's uh yeah yeah. It's yeah, really, you've got really like good. a nice team going. It's really oh. it makes a difference for sure. Oh, it's so nice. <laughs> <laughs> a little uh, before Christmas, I I was just like, oh, just gushing a bit at them because I was so it's like, oh my god, it's the end of the year, and I feel so so excited about where we are, so happy oh, to have so them there. Nice. I'm absolutely oh. brilliant. That's so sweet. <laughs> like, oh. Yeah, I adore them. It's like, yeah, it's so nice. It's so nice. It's the best thing that's happened. So that's happened during COVID. Not really because of COVID, I don't think. But um, that that grant, which we which we did need, because it's hard to like it's it's hard to say like oh we we you know we we applied for it because we desperately thought we would need it, uh, and in the end we've used it in a way to grow, but we've not really grown because of the way that the the industry's gone. Anyway, anyway, all good in the end so far. So That's far. good. <laughs> That's yeah. good. I am I am curious though because you mentioned like there might be like a sh- parts shortage like have you not heard about this no oh right but then again I don't I stopped doing the I've passed on my um stock ordering to Tim so I'm just like I'm not au fait with kind of what's happening with our suppliers so so uh, so before Christmas and and just after but we've stopped now we've we were gonna start offering full bikes um. We can't do that anymore because we can't get hold of any of the components. And 
Um, yeah, I don't. I, I, yeah, I'm not. Maybe the people listening to the podcast podcast will be more aware of what's happening, and definitely by the time this comes out. But it seems that there is going to be, or and is a very big shortage of all main brand bicycle components. So everything from Shimano, especially, for the next year, or at least until like late mid summer for some bits. So things that we've ordered that we used to be able to just get right away, we've now got ETAs for for like many months many months away. Um and I've been reading like even in, like articles from Belgium and stuff talking about bike shops not being able to get in any components and stuff so it's Yeah, I think it's going to I mean it makes sense, right? People that you know every mm. every company, every business in the world has had to slow down at some point it, over the last year. Yeah. Um, everything slowed down hasn't it, it and then the, but then you have ways. an, you have an that increase in with demand a massive demand yes. in yeah. the cycling that's, industry that's also what i was wondering was was there an increase in demand for your products for us i don't i think we lost because because we are not an entry-level product um i think we gained and we lost we we know we lost some customers but i'm i'm also sure that we gained customers who are you know, this is what they're spending their holiday money on now instead of mm. going, you know, this is what, this yeah. is the one thing they could do. Um, so I don't, we didn't feel it as much as companies that are, you know, that, that deal, you know, that are like entry level bike stuff. But um, yeah, we did have customers that literally said like, yeah, I'm not going to do this right now because I'm scared of losing my job. Or we've had customers who have literally quite a few who have said that they've lost their jobs. Yeah. And that they're going to have to back out and asking for their money back, which is totally yeah. like, yeah, it's just the way it is. Uh, but it's, yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, very stressful for them. I, mm. Yeah, but, but then, but then, I'm yeah, I'm also sure that there's people who've been in like, who have come, who maybe wouldn't have invested this much in their bike as they had. Uh, it's and the kind of bikes we do, right? Gravel bikes, stuff you can do by yourself. Yeah, um, and socially distance. So, I mean. Like for me, definitely cycling off road on a gravel bike is way more fun by yourself than cycling on the road by yourself. That's maybe me, but I, I do. I don't know. It's definitely maybe a bit safer. Uh, maybe safer, mm. and people are thinking about that too. Uh, and it is like you were saying earlier. It is the trend, right? So um, I'm sure that um, we've had custom more customers come because of this, as well as as well as that we've lost them. Bit of both. But what it does mean is that in the future, when more people are already, you know, people who got an entry level bike this year, <laughs> they might. <laughs> they the joy, might yeah, the joy is year. more people. More people are cycling. I yeah, think. more people are cycling, and that's exactly. a good thing. Yeah. yeah. Tell us about Nola. Um, yeah, HR. So yeah, so 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 Nola, um, the nose beast. She. <laughs> um, well, we thought this year was going to be tough on her. Because um, you know we've increased our um, increased our employee number by quite a lot, which as head of HR or as the entire mm. HR department, um, we thought would be a bit much. But I think I'm really proud of her. She's she's done so well. She's Aww. yeah, she's done so well. <laughs> How does she keep yeah. people in check? Ah, uh, she does it by pawing them from her bed <laughs> or by pawing in their direction <laughs> if they're too far away from her bed i've heard her farts are quite strong <gasps> yeah only recently it's only sometimes <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what's up recently actually i'm sure that 
I wonder what's happening. Yeah, it is. It has been pretty bad the last few months. <laughs> <laughs> she sits under Holly's desk. <laughs> and it's just horrendous sometimes. Oh, my God. And Holly's like, it's not, me. Holly. it's not me. It's not me. Yeah, is someone blaming the dog? <laughs> but she doesn't. I just don't get it because she doesn't do it at home. <laughs> it's like midday is like when she saves, she, saves yeah, them all up know. for work. <laughs> when her digestion just gets going. Like she's not a stinky dog generally, but at work, yeah, at work, yeah. So maybe that is wow. maybe that is how she keeps them in check. Mm. Yeah, right, that's it. Keeps everybody on their toes. <laughs> like pay attention to your work, literally, because yeah. they have to move away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh cute. no, she likes it. She likes that there's some more people around giving her cuddles every moment of the day. It's nice. It's very good. Oh. Very okay. chilled out dog. Oh. Um, so now now we're going to ask a tough question because we asked you a nice question but this is a question this is a question we've tried to make sure that we ask everybody that's on the podcast because we found that when we were asking this question we were only asking the people that it affected and so the question is what can we do to get more underrepresented groups in the cycling industry? And I guess I'm aware, like, you're not going to have the answers, but what we always want to try and do when we ask this question is just to kind of keep people thinking about it. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, just to kind of I make think sure that's... that it's something that's always on our minds. I think, yeah, and I think that's exactly it. I think I think we we talk about it a lot and we're, we've been, yeah. I think I think it's it's something that is on our minds all of the time. And we talk about it a lot. So I'm, I'm hoping it also kind of comes through and stuff for us that we, you know, that, that, that it, that it informs everything that we do. And like, like, for example, like we've got like, you know, we're trying to be a bit more professional and actually try to have a marketing budget this year. And like, then actually thinking, okay, we have to make sure that we spend that on the right things. Um, we for ourselves want more like specifically like, women buying our stuff like we just we would just like our demographic to be a bit broader and that that's one of the things we kind of or anybody who's not just a white male which I feel yeah I don't know I um which is the, the reason the reason why we pay attention to that more than like for example just that we have photos of non-white male people on our stuff is the fact that um uh we do custom stuff and um, we find, or I, I've always had oh, this is a really difficult subject matter. I've always mm. found that um, that with custom bike stuff, it kind of it's a bit scary <laughs> for somebody who um, maybe isn't very confident in that world, mm-hmm. or in it's 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 by it's not not even twofold. It's got so many sides to it. So it's like, firstly, you've got to be. You've got to know your stuff. You've got to be a bit of... You don't have to, actually. You can just get in touch and ask us. But to have the confidence to come forward and ask about having something made for you, you've got to feel confident to do that and to have the right words for it and also maybe be interested in that to start with because, like... A bike's just a bike for a lot of people and it's a, it's a, a, you know... Like, not everybody cares, like, what color pedals they get or which exact components or whatever and there's like a a, there's a barrier with this kind of work that we do that I feel that um um every underrepresented group in the cycling industry potentially um I don't know if if, or if if people want to get into cycling if it's about people wanting to get into cycling 
then we have a hard time attracting those people because you've got to be quite confident from the get-go. I also wonder, like, I don't know, like the feeling of being worthy of a a custom thing made for you. Not that you consciously feel that, but like if I was, if I was, if it was me, <laughs> uh, I I wouldn't think of getting anything custom from anybody for anything. Um, because I don't know. Is that do I need that? I don't know. Uh, no, that's really I don't know. I, I find this. I, mm, th- there's a, explore there's that a... that hesitation yeah, because I think a lot of people we've... feel that. Yeah, you know, I don't deserve it almost. Yeah, but or just mm. not. You know, I'm not. Um, the world doesn't revolve around me, which which is a. <sighs> God, I, I find it, it's really hard to talk about this without being negative against the people that, because I do think that like, uh, like, for example, if, if most of our customer base throughout the years, and it's, it's, it's maybe less so now, but it has been, you know, um, wild, white men, and, and maybe there is, because of society, there is a way that, you know, there is a, there is a feeling that, you know, rightfully also, that they are worth this special treatment. It's not that they're arrogant. They are worth a special treatment. Everybody is. But that feeling of... Um, uh, but that feeling is something that most other groups don't have as easily, maybe. Um, yeah. yeah. Like, honestly, like, wheels... So many women buy wheels, <laughs> but so few women buy them from us because you have to kind of um, go through the steps of... Uh, getting them built for you. I don't. I, I'm not. I'm not sure if I'm, I'm. It's always a feeling I've had about this, and it's kind of why we've been trying to figure out a way to. Well, firstly, show show imagery, uh, do our social media in a way that that there is some diversity, but then also to an extent that our products aren't so nerdy. So, like for example, I've just changed all of the wheels so that it's still built to order. Um, but there is a main product with a hub set, so you don't have to be a bike nerd and investigate all the different things. This main product, and then later, if you want to, you can add hub grades. We've called them so, like hub upgrades. <laughs> um, nice. So, if you want to be nerdy, you can be, and you can add. You can you can have me build. You can have us build whatever you want. But um, but this main product is still really, really fucking good, and uh, you don't need to. You don't get confronted with a with a technical question from like from as soon as you get on our website i yeah. i'm not in, i'm not entirely sure but this is the kind of stuff it's hard to i find it really hard to talk about this kind of thing but that's as in there's these feelings that i have about how we sell stuff <laughs> and how we and and why certain customers do and don't come to us hmm. the customer journey and it is like an intuitive nature and people are kind of wary overall i think you know, yeah, even no. simple things like when we had physical shops, you know, if the doors open or not, like that can be a huge barrier. And yeah. Yeah, we yeah. had that a lot of look mom near hands. Like that's why we had the workshop in the cafe and took the doors off because there even being a door was a barrier for some people, yeah. especially if you're nervous and you've never yeah, ever gone totally. to speak to somebody yeah. before. There's so exactly. many things that can you can just go. Oh, actually, I'm just not going to do it. And yeah, yeah. And if you yeah. don't know your shit, which like, like, could, I a mean, a lot of us don't. <laughs> Maybe no, but this is the thing. If, if you're getting yeah. a custom service, you compare to the person you're getting it from. Most likely, you don't know shit. 
like about mm. that thing that's just the way it is i mean otherwise you'd be doing it yourself right yeah but yeah. there is that feeling of of feeling comfortable because of yeah because of what exactly what makes what makes mm. one person confident to to ask for that expertise and another person it scares them away but yeah it it would i i understand that feeling and if i ask other women i i i i that's the feedback I get and it's kind of how I feel about that's how I feel it the reaction is and that I feel that's why people haven't been why non-white males haven't been in touch with us so much I well know. I think it's just it's really easy for people to fall back on like the systems for lack of a better word systems of oppression because that's kind of how we've always been operating in society and it's like we don't question well why is it then that it's only white men that are buying from us and it's because the systems that we're operating in benefit white men. And so, yeah, and so they that's have why confidence. it's really, they have the confidence and they're like, this is for me. I'm going to take that. And then yeah. everyone else, no one else sees like, can I do this? Like yeah. there's white guys doing it, but like as a, you know, for a black woman, can I do this? Like, I don't see myself in any of this. Yes. So why would I even try? So it's like this, there's one, some people are at, like trying to find quick solutions and they talk about like diversity training or like use a black person in your marketing but I feel like those are really band-aid measures and that like a lot of these issues are very deep structural questioning of how we operate through this world which is why you feel uncomfortable that's totally normal but I want more people to feel uncomfortable and think about like well, then if I feel uncomfortable, how can I make things easier? How can I remove these barriers? And Yeah, I think a lot about Aisha McGowan a lot. And she always said, like, feeling uncomfortable is good because it's highlighting that there's an issue. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. and like picking yeah, apart, yeah, and picking apart, you know, the actual elements that are making you uncomfortable and why and you know, thinking about terminology and just starting to break stuff down a lot more is like what we actually need to do because people don't do things when they feel uncomfortable that's almost mm. like a kind of humanistic trait where i think we're like oh okay no actually oh, no thanks yeah. i'm like yeah like leaning into that and going okay this isn't you know this doesn't make me feel great but to push through it you know you're gonna have a better outcome in the end and yeah to push to support people who aren't like i like the phrase nerdy i think that is a fun way of describing it because you can super <laughs> geek out on elements about a bike but if you don't understand what you're geeking about out about in yeah. the first place that can't happen but what so... you get what you get as well is you get um customers who who don't know anything but who want the custom service and i have never come across a non white male who is who does that mm. and i don't think it's a bad thing I don't the thing, the thing what's uncomfortable is like I don't want to say that these are bad things like no, all of our customers are great. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like there's nothing wrong with that they do it that they do it. It's just sad that it's only them that feel the confidence to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Or that feel yeah, like that they feel yeah. like they're owed it whereas the rest mm. of us like um but yeah, I, I yeah, you wouldn't I, I don't know. I I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. If I don't know about something, I wouldn't I wouldn't ask for a custom service for it. But maybe so then the question to ask is how how can I educate people about custom services and yeah making it clear like this is for you like this exists for you it's okay yeah, you it's can kind ask of a, for it. we're trying to figure out how to make same with for example I mean the really 
I mean, more than wheels is the frames, right? It's like, uh, if we just offer frames, like to build a bike around a frame, like you need, you can either do it through a shop, but that's quite a big thing to do. Mm -hmm. And um, in the past, most women that have been in touch, if I haven't been that many, they've always just said like, oh, could you just back out a full bike? And I don't really care. <laughs> I don't really care. I just kind of want it to be this price or I kind of just like, mm. or once you spec it out, then they say kind of what they like a little bit or whatnot. Or, um, but that that's a very, very cu custom thing. Um, I, I think the education steps. is baby yeah. steps, education. But it's, but it's about offering also maybe offering like offering ways in, you know, like, yeah, yeah. You know, like, it, like that's time. why we wanted to offer a bike for that reason. Is because we want to change our demographic a bit and kind of ease it in a little bit and not make us, you know, not not make us be kind of unapproachable. And that's why we've changed the wheels. Is because we get um, for the amount of people that we have, I think we get enough custom, we get enough like we get enough wheel orders. But I would kind of like it to be, I would I would like us to be a bit more accessible. Yeah. Um, I, I think guessed. that's good. I think you want to. I, I kind of weirdly is just making me think about like tattoos, you know, and people always joke once you get one, you always yeah. want to get another one. And I think easing people into the concept and idea of wheel building and, you know, half custom built and not full custom built is a way yeah. of then like, oh, okay, I've done it once and it, you know, I, I recognize the difference or I enjoy it and I like yeah. this and I like that. And it's like, yeah, it's not going to be the one time thing you're going to do. And that's. Also, kind of what I like about bikes is you do always have to keep thinking, like, what parts am I going to get next or what am I going to improve yeah, on? Yeah, and once you get into it, then you, <laughs> then you yeah. It's a slippery, slippery, slippery type. Because <laughs> we are talking about getting people into it, right? We're not, we're not talking about, I'm not talking about the fact that, I mean, there are loads of nerdy bike women out there. It's about people who are wanting to get into it. Um, yeah. yeah. You don't want to scare them. Because <laughs> no. it's so complicated. It's kind of quite easy, <laughs> stress-free welcoming yeah. yeah 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 and then literally just just thinking about how you present you know a shop window is our instagram you know when you try to yeah it is now more than ever yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and you, you have to just try to i don't know yeah it's on our minds all the time which is which is which is like you were saying it's probably the main thing and if it is on your minds and it'll in your mind then it will it'll come out <laughs> hopefully yeah, i mean you also have to put effort in obviously but like, yes but <laughs> But being aware of it is, is a good step and just thinking every time, like, what can we be doing different and how can we be changing, like Jenny said, the systems that we're trapped in. And if there's anything you can do to fight against that, that's, you know, that's helping. Keep fighting the good fight. Yes. Basically. Keep it up. Yeah. We like hearing about, like, new people and accounts and podcasts. Um, can you recommend, like... <laughs> a couple social media accounts or podcasts that you really enjoy and that we should be following and they don't have to be bike related because i think it's just the joy of like finding out about something someone else really likes yeah i just love finding new things to consume new shows and recommendations for me are like some of the best ways to do that um yeah i don't think mine's, mine would be bike related um go for it so uh, Sam spends so I, between me and Sam we have one smartphone. <laughs> Sam spends a lot of time on TikTok, and he shows me. <laughs> wow! He shows me the little TikTok videos that he 
things are good. He always leaves me some. He always says, "Oh, I've left you a TikTok." Um, but Aww, a, there isn't sweet. there isn't one particular uh, one. <laughs> he spends a lot more time on social media. I think he's probably doesn't he'd probably deny it, but I think he does than me. Um, but on Instagram, there's a good one called Round Boys, which is just like very round animals. <laughs> very cute. Great round boys. Round um, boys. Love it. <laughs> um, yeah, they get very like very round cats and raccoons <laughs> and stuff and puppies. They're very nice. Um, um, there's podcasts. Um, I, I quite kind of like listening to How I Built This, which is just like um, have you guys heard that one? Mm, yeah, no, maybe. I've not listened to it, but I've heard of it. Um, it's I I'm not super keen on the presenter but i just i quite i just quite like it's just like it's just entrepreneurs like or like business owners are talking about how they got there so like ben and jerry and stuff like like i don't know like like lots and lots and lots of them <laughs> like just big brand companies most of the time most of, most of the time it's people who got very far with their brand but it's just like it's just i quite like listening to how they got there i guess because we run a little business and yeah, uh, it's nice to hear because every single story is, it's only when it's a good story, I think, that he does a podcast about them. Um, and every story is so different. There's absolutely no way to make a living <laughs> making your own. There's no one way to, to 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 get a business up and running. Like there just isn't, which is nice to hear. Like every story is so yeah. different. Um, quite like that. Um, um, I quite like the Wild podcast. It's just like stories about, Bears and bears <laughs> and wolves <laughs> and lynxes. Awesome. Do you, do they interview these animals? Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, oh, no, I see. Like, How do you feel about Boris Johnson? He's like stalking <laughs> them and stuff. It's funny. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, a funny. A funny one, but they don't do it anymore. That I really used, that I really liked. It's like one of my favorite podcasts, but they stopped doing it. It's called the Mystery Show. I really like that one. It's a Gim- Gimlet uh, Media one. Ah, mm. uh, that's really funny. Gimlet are very good. I think they had. A, oh, they they stopped it because they because it cost them so much money. I think and because initially not that many people were listening, but they just do these <laughs> investigations about like. I think one of them is about how something to do with Britney Spears. Oh, what was it? anymore no that's good that's kind of yeah. it no yeah. three yeah three was perfect so yeah. <laughs> four is a bonus four i quite like do you guys know daisy may cooper no i quite like her tiktok do you know her, uh, do you know this country no no oh, okay. never mind <laughs> okay this country is a good recommend it's on uh it's on bbc iplayer it's like a um brother and sister in the cotswolds who or actually they're cousins in the cotswolds they should have uh, called it Cousins comedy. in the Cotswolds. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> you should watch it, though. It's, uh, it's very, very good. I, I highly recommend it. Cool. It's comedy. You should you should watch it. I don't hear any real commitment here, but I, no, sorry. somebody else will recommend it. Somebody else will recommend it to you, and then you'll go Classic. like, Classic. Oh, I do need at least, like... <laughs> I need you to need be recommended something. Yeah, I need to be recommended yeah, yeah. it about 100 times, and then I'll watch it. <laughs> somebody who's listening to this needs to get in touch with you and just go like yes "Yes, i also very highly recommend this country there you go Uh, (laughs) thank you thank you (laughs) like what we do support us by becoming a third wheel 
You'll be in good company. Claire Taylor. Aurelia Venklovite. Karina Fussell. Is it Fussell or Fussell? Kirsty Chestnut. Kate Thompson. Sally Bremner. Jonathan Rothwell. <laughs> Can we say Jonathan's name together? Sure. Yes, I love him. Three, two, one. Jonathan, Jonathan Rothwell. <laughs> Annie McCarthy. And Max Meyer. Thank you to our amazing third wheels. And if you want to join these cool, awesome people, become a third wheel today. Squish that like Like button, rate us on iTunes and subscribe. If you can't give us your money, give Give us us your your stars. stars. And don't keep us a secret. Slam that share share button and tell all your friends about our show. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.